The real person, and we go, What? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen <laughs> looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. Very controversial. Uh, everybody dance now. Jeff. Yeah, I used to sing. Yeah. Lot. That's, I used to sing along to the BGS. I could do it. And practice a lot of it in my falsetto. Michael uh, Cutlets, hello there. Hey guys, how is everybody? We're good, good man. man. It's good to see. The, good to have you here, Michael. Just to let everybody know, Michael is driving uh, to the airport, so this is the best we can do, and we're happy to have you uh, here and be able to hear you and to talk about this. Um, and of course, the director David Carson is with us. Um, we're talking about a competitive edge today. This is an episode, Chuck, that um, deals with steroids at West Beverly. Um, Let's talk, Chuck. Talk, talk, walk me or Grandpa Charlie. Let's walk through and. Uh, we got our little granddaughter here today for four days, so that's where the thought I would change my uh, <laughs> known to plume. To... So Perfect. let's right. start with you, Charles, and uh, talk to me about steroids at West Beverly, and you know where some of this started with. Well, we were at this point, year two. We're still an issue-oriented show. We're not serialized yet, so. Uh, we had to find issues, and Darren Starr, uh, you know, was was had had more time than I did apparently, because he would go to the gym a lot, and and he um, uh, and he he had said, hey, you know, people are using steroids. Let's do that in the sports program, and so uh, in we looking at the competitive edge that David directed and and Michael played. One of the heavy, one of the athletes, um, you know, this, this is a very male show. This was probably the most masculine show we, we ever did. I, I mean, yes, uh, Jenny Garth was in it as Kelly Taylor, but that was about it. You know, it was really in the gym and, and the track field. And I, and I was really, really um, reminded uh, looking at the opening of you know the the, the that how David uh, took us to a new dimension as through his directing, we'd not used those kind of techniques before the longer lens, the cut to one to the other, and just beyond them. I mean, I, I knowing what was the the basis of of most Aaron Spelling shows, establishing shot, uh, long you know two shot overs overs close up out. This was. Um, such an exciting way to open. Uh, I just want to compliment you on that, David. Well, thank you very much, Chuck. That's nice of you. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to Michael first, because I know he's got limited time with us, too. Right. Um, so, Michael, did you get a chance to look back at this episode, The, the Competitive Edge? I did not get a chance to look back at it, but it was the first episode I uh, 
I did on the show, I believe. That's right. Um, and so I, I remember it quite well because I remember I had, I had going way back, I had a conversation with, uh, with Chuck and, uh, the producers and, you know, was basically told that I, you know, they knew I was an actor and they, I told this before, but they were like, it's a conflict of interest to have you on the show. So even though I know you're friends with all these guys and you're an actor, you're, you're never going to do our show. And I said, that's fine. As long as I can go audition for my stuff and do, you know, do my thing, everything's great. Well, that all changed when they got in a bind and they couldn't find big guys who looked young. <laughs> so they, they approached me and they're like, um, so we know you're an actor and, you know, we have this thing that we're having trouble casting because we're having trouble casting big guys who actually look like they're in high school or could look like they're in high school or at least look the same age as our guys who are not in high school. Um, <laughs> And, we, and we'd love to have you come in and audition us. And I said, well, what about the, uh, you know, uh, you know, I thought that this wasn't, wasn't a thing. And they're like, well, we could probably bend the rules. So I wound up, I wound up going in. Uh, I wound up going in, um, auditioning for, I believe, one of the roles. Uh, I actually actually went in. They didn't know who they wanted to use me for, so they, actually I wound up auditioning for both of the, the lead guest roles. And as shitty as this is going to sound initially, it's actually the truth. Uh, I I sort of booked both of them. Um, I think David had and Chuck had decided that I could actually play either of these roles, so they said you're hired, but we're not going to tell you which role yet because we're having trouble finding the other role. And depending upon who we get, they may be able to do either one or the other, and and that will dictate what what's going to happen. And they were both, honestly, they were both great uh, guest stars. And I wound up actually recommending a buddy of mine who I had just done the Colorado Shakespeare Festival with, Jim Peary. That's right. Uh, who who went in and auditioned, and he wound up getting the one role, and then I I knew what role I was going to be cast as because Jim called me and said, "Oh, hey, I just booked." Whatever I can't even remember the name. So it's like, oh well, then I guess I got the other one. Um, and that was that my first one. time working. <laughs> that was my first time working with David, who I actually worked with later on in in my series Against the Grain. He directed myself and my wife, I believe. Uh, I did. Episode. But that's a, that's a that's a whole other thing. How are you? How are you, my friend? I haven't seen I'm you very, in forever. <laughs> I know. I'm very well. I was very very pleased to hear you were going to be on this uh, thing, so I could say yeah. hello to you. Uh, yeah, and then, and, and congratulations on your career. You've been doing wonderfully well. Oh, I have sure kept my, I have kept my, I've kept my eye very closely on you. And you, wow, from these, these you. starts, you are really doing fantastic work. We must yeah, meet sometime. I, just, I wrote down, I wrote yeah, down just a bunch of them from different times. Different years. David Lasher, hello there. Sorry, guys. Google Chrome and Max sometimes uh, don't get along. Oh, we know. <laughs> That's the alternate name of this podcast. <laughs> but I, David, I was just going to read a lot of Michael's uh, shows that he did because you know, uh, you know, certainly on television, Picket Fences, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, New York, NYPD Blue. But you know, the also some really substantive um, movies in long form: Band of Brothers, A River Runs Through It, and then yep, more recently, yep. um, 
Walking Dead, and um, you were in, and and just coming off of this past season, you were in something called Clarice, right? Yes. Yeah, we were on uh, Clarice for CBS. Hey, David, how are you? God bless, man. Nice to hear you. Everybody. <laughs> He's driving an airport, which is why he's not visual. Hey, Michael, while I have you, I want to ask you about transitioning from what you were doing on 90210 prior to now being, I mean, were you friends with all the guys? And so it goes like, hey, this is Cutlets. He's cool. We're hanging out with him. And now he's in a scene with us. Was it kind of like that? Or what was it like for you? Um, we, We were pretty close early on. We were very... Uh, it was kind of a, an anomaly, I think, especially looking back. We were a very close cast and crew. Um, that was one of the things that I think had been fostered um, through the fact of, you know, we were we were like treated like shit as a TV show. I mean, traditionally for, you know, Aaron Spelling standard, like we were out in this warehouse. And I don't mean that like as in um, the actual environment that we were all dealing with. I'm just talking about from the corporate standpoint of, you know, the typical Aaron Spelling show, which is usually on a lot or a, or a ship or the Bahamas or, you know, tech, like all these huge shows. We were in this little shitty warehouse in Van Nuys, the, you know, the little child that was thrown out there was going to do whatever, four or five episodes. And then, you know, they were going to be done with it. At which blew up into something, you know, as big, if not bigger than anything that they ever did um, and saved a network in the process. Um, you know, so we we all bonded uh, incredibly, you know, I, and so me coming onto the show, although it was, um, you know, I was friends with everybody, it was, it was weird just because it's strange. You know, the guy who built the sets is now working with us and he's going to stay a little late to pack everything on the truck. It's a little bit of a strange dynamic, but um, honestly, the, the the crew and the and the cast got along phenomenally. Um, so much so that it it it, it probably almost uh, it probably almost cost cost the show getting almost canceled a couple times up in Universal at the hotel. So there was a there was a lot going on, um, and and the crew and the cast were very close. Very cool. Chuck, did you want to talk about... Um... Well, I want to go back to something that Michael said about the rules. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, about the rules, bending the rules. I just want him to know, not my rule, never my rule. I, I, oh, I, oh I, know. A- I know. I know. That, that was, the, that was an, exactly. And that was the, uh, you know, um, yeah. I forget the term that they that, uh, used, but... Um, I don't know. Something you know, interests, uh, whatever. But I, I said, you know, it was whatever. It was in their interest to do it, so they did it. That's right. And, you know, and that just shows so much, you know, you you set down something and said, this is the policy and we, this is what we do. Sometimes you, you, you got to be a little more flexible uh, and certainly doing. And, and also just to what Michael had just said, yes, we were the lowest license fee in television for two years. So this is season two. Uh, and, and David, you came in on the summer episodes of season two. So this is, we're still a very, uh, uh, un, you know, low budget show. And, and this was one of the, the few and one of the first that I think the way that David shot it, the, the, and Michael, you did have a dual row and you guys built an incredible set. 
to be the the locker room because I remember we couldn't make that happen in the it was either locker room or the weight room that couldn't happen in the where we shot in Valley College. It was the weight room. Yeah, the weight room was yep. and yep. and because of that, um it you we just had a different look. It was a richer look. It it, it looked like we for one episode we looked like a real television show. Um and of course <laughs> The Beverly Hills Beach Club, they threw some money in to build the club and that so that had some nice production value too, but that was the exception, not the rule. Yes. Um, hey, I want to ask uh David Lasher for for you coming into the experience. You had already worked on 90210 and they actually sort of built your character. So you get to come back for this. Talk to me about Michael, do you have to go or can you hang out with us? No, I'll listen. I'll listen. I'll let you know when, who knows, maybe I get to meet my dad. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll hang out. You, you guys talk amongst yourselves. Okay. okay. Um, so what is your experience like of getting cast initially and then to come back? I mean, Chuck told me, we watched the show the other day, that they were looking for ways to keep your character on the show. So um, what, what, is your, what, what was your experience like? Well, I had just done a show for Aaron in uh, Las Vegas called Jack of Hearts. And uh, it was a show. Eric Roth actually wrote it. And when that didn't go any further, um, I mean, Aaron, like, hooked me up with uh, a movie of the week with uh, a woman named Carla Singer. He just made a call and got me the part. And then uh, shortly after, called me in to read for Kyle um, which I thought was a very uh, daring episode to write, at, especially at the time, um, you know, to play a teenage character who's admitting that he's, he, he thinks he's, he's gay. Uh, and I was excited about it. Um, and like uh, Charlie said, you know, it was, it was relatively new. I was friends with Luke, um, from when I moved to LA. So I saw what was happening with him. I was so excited. Um, but it was, yeah, it was relatively new in those summer episodes, but it blew up so quickly. I remember like shortly after they were on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine and it, it seemed like it, 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 it happened in a flash. Um, <laughs> yeah. And for me, even to date, and you know, I've done successful shows and movies, it was nothing like that summer and the amount of people, at least maybe my contemporaries, the amount of recognition that was coming to that show. I've never experienced anything like that. Not even for Hey Dude? <laughs> hey Dude has a loyal fan base. But it no, did, I mean, and, we were, and we were part of it. I, I remember, oh, David Lasher from Hey Dude. And Mr. Spelling looked at me like, you watch that? And and we did. We loved it. My my little daughter, who now is thirty six, we we did watch that together. Um, I also want to just point out when when David said uh, the chance to uh, use the word gay in the sentence, mm. we couldn't do that. We had to call your character sexually confused. It was the only way that we could get that passed. At this point, I have to, you know, Jock Hughes, a very homophobic network. Mm. They told us that right from season one. Homosexuality is a turnoff. Okay, so we can't do what's going on in the society. We can't touch upon it. How are we going to do this? And 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 Darren and I, you know, put our heads together and um, 
And certainly uh, it was interesting to then have you come into this episode and have the and see you with Kelly, uh, you know, just as friends and and have you here. And at one point in the script, which it turns out, I guess I wrote it. Um, that that uh, that you that you say uh, you know I have a secret, but you meant like you know steroids, but there was something else obviously there. I um, want to take a moment, Chuck, because um, David, well, just... thing, can I just do one thing? Because I sure. know Michael's time is limited. Yep. You know, Michael, I really went back because I forgot what a you know what a bully and and mean jock you were. <laughs> and I tried to say, think, and then I looked at the next one of the other episodes. You're, you're hazing a freshman, and then you're 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 putting money on an illegal gambling thing that's going on. I mean, you're just a bad guy. But you know, and I so I look through it. How did we break the cycle? How, and it's it's in the episode perfectly perfect, which is Kelly's uh, 18th birthday, and where she passes out in the bathroom. And you you are look very nervous, and you sit down next to Brenda, and you say, "I've wanted to ask you this for two years, and you can't even ask her, do you want to dance?" All you could say was dance, and you were so endearing. <laughs> that was the moment that you shifted on to the other side. It was uh, it was quite because because I I don't know how we got you to rehabilitated you, uh, but we did. Here we go. I was hard. I was horribly misunderstood. <laughs> well, you were on steroids, evidently. That's yeah, that's what you said. You were on steroids, and you never stopped until you did. Yeah. Um, before we move forward, I want for David Lasher. There's a super fan that was really wanting to talk to you, so I'm going to bring her on here. This is Kristen McIsaac. She is obsessed with you. She even did this. I don't know what this is, but she put herself next to you in something. So there's hey, that. dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Kristen. How are you? So we're all about allowing our super fans to have their moments with 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 you all. So uh, Kristen, David, David, Kristen, the show is now yours, Kristen. I am so happy to meet you, David. My Hi. 90s heart is like beating so hard right now. Um, yeah, I just want to say I loved you off Hey Dude. And then when you turned up on Beverly Hills, it was like, so awesome. All of us were so excited. And I love you on Blossom. Love, love, love. And I love all the other shows you did, like Clueless and Sabrina and everything else. So I just wanted to say, yeah, I'm a huge fan and I love everything you did. Oh, thank you so much. You know, when I auditioned for Blossom, um, Maya Bialik had watched the summer episode and I, I pretty sure that's why I got that role. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, honestly. So I know you guys are going to talk about the steroids episode, but that summer storm is my favorite episode of the whole series. Wow. I love you playing volleyball with Kelly Taylor on the beach and Steve Sanders being so jealous. I, that episode <laughs> is like perfect. So that's my favorite episode. <laughs> Do you have a question for David? You have a moment yeah. here with David. What is what is it you always wanted to know? To know. Well, ever since I saw him or heard him on the uh, the girls podcast, I was just wondering. Um, you said you met Luke beforehand. Like, where did you meet him? Do you mind talking about that? Uh, no. How did you know him beforehand? 
Um, he was uh, very close with my roommate, who I moved to LA with um, from NYU, and he was just part of my my group of friends uh, right when I moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, you know, such a good guy. And I remember, uh, you know, driving down PCH to head to the set for the first day, and I was really nervous. And, you know, I pull on, they show me to my trailer and I just hear Luke going, where's Lasher? And just (laughs) ran over, hugged me, introed me to everybody. And that's just how he was. You know, he rooted for you. Um, He was just really one of the good guys, really was. Yeah, that's awesome. Can I, just, can I just say hi to Michael Cutlets? Oh, my oh, God. Sure. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking to you, too. Holy smokes. Yeah. Is there How anything you? You have them. such a huge, 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 huge career. And I just have to say you're always going to be Tony Miller. Brenda, <laughs> Dad, happy to hear Tony. that. Love yeah, it. I will, I will always I, think of you like that. Thank you. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, uh, Tony Miller is 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 very near and dear to my heart. Voted voted most athletic in the uh, uh, senior poll of uh, the uh, class of '93 of West Beverly High. All right, we're gonna say goodbye to Kristen. Anything else you want to say to David, or are you? Are you oh, all, no, just, did, you it, did you get it all through? Oh my God! Yeah, love you. Oh my God! I don't even know what to say. I'm so excited. Okay, she said, I love oh, you. Nice Nice meeting you too. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, bye. bye. <laughs> so, David, you studied at Tisch. No, uh, no, I got into Tisch and uh, deferred for a few years. I moved to LA. I think I oh, I was doing Hey Dude, and right when that finished, I moved to LA, and I I never ended up going back to Tisch. Oh. All right, let's talk about a couple things with uh, David Carson now. Um, so. Uh, you you had directed the other episode first, the twins, the trustees. No, that was second. That was this, next. Was the first one. this was the first episode that you directed of 902 and 0. Sorry, I shifted the orders of events because that's how we did it on the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, tell me about getting into the world of directing this episode and what did you think of the material and the actors and everything that was in you know, you get it, you get the script. What, what are your thoughts? Well, the uh, Chuck and I knew each other um, from Northern Exposure, right, Chuck? Yes, we did. And uh, and I think I directed one of the episodes that you wrote there, or something like that. Yes, I, probably the one that my name I, I wrote three, and my name's only on one, so it was probably <laughs> the, the, the two other ones my name okay. was on. But I there there was Rosen uh, World in there, yes. Right, but in any case, you uh, we knew each other before before from Northern Exposure. And then um, uh, Chuck asked me to come and work on uh, 90210. So that that basically is how it happened. That's right. And we had a lot of crossover with uh, Northern Exposure and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we sent them Dan Adius to work there and they, David. The, the, the original editing crew we had, two out of three of them were Northern Exposure editors who... Uh, uh, did the first like five or six and then had to go back to, to do their, to their day job. And I remember I wanted them to come back for year two 
And uh, the post-production department, the one editor we had all the time, a wonderful editor named Michael Anderson, basically said, we got to get our own culture here. You can't keep breathing these people from the last <laughs> So we, uh, we, we kind of changed that uh, pipeline. Yeah. But so for you, David, uh, Carson, getting the um, script and all that stuff, and what were your, what were your thoughts? Well, 90210 was not really on my on my horizon as something that I, was, <laughs> that I wanted to direct, to be quite honest. And uh, or where I saw I was going, but because it it came from Chuck and we knew each other, I obviously I read the script and I was really really taken with it. I was taken with it with the way that he dealt with. Well, sorry, I was taken with the way you Chuck dealt with uh, dealt with the social problems that came up in the script. And I, what I was really interested in was the way they did not stay in a high school. They resonated into the society. With, with with other things, such as the gay thing that you talked about, such as the, you know, using drugs to enhance performance and to do other things which everybody thought was sort of, okay, that's pretty innocent. That's not, uh, you know, we're not shooting heroin and all those kinds of things, which were, which were deep problems within the society, which bounded outside the group of people who were in a high school. And it, and it, it was similar to me, and uh, if, if you get this kind of uh, parallel, it was similar to me to working on Star Trek, which Star Trek The Next Generation, which I'd done quite a lot of, because in that show, you can deal with, you could deal with uh, problems that are to do with our society and talk about them and actually put a point of view forward and have something meaningful to say without treading on everybody's feet, because what happened there happened in the 24th century. You know, so we're like looking back at our civilization through through those through those particular eyes, and there a Klingon uh, can can refuse to provide blood to a Romulan uh, because he's the wrong colored skin in that age, and that deals with other things that are close to us in our society, and that's what I really liked about and was I think surprised about about your script, Chuck. It was the the breadth to which it could be taken, and what one could actually what one could actually do with it. And out of that came the style with which we decided to do the episode, although it did run contra to to the way uh, Aaron Spelling's shows went. And in fact, I had a conversation with him where he told me that it had done so, but he he, did, he wasn't upset by it. Where we could actually make the speed of the of the of the school be almost the same as being being uh, the same as being out in society with the same kind of speed, and using the camera to help us help us do that, bringing in steady cams and things on top of the handheld cameras, which made the atmosphere of the episode, I think, sort of different from many other things that were being done on TV that day. It was very, you, you didn't get to shoot with a steady cam and, and, and all of that kind of thing and keep that incredible pace going um, on, on many shows because they're designed to be in lawyers' offices or sitting down or whatever. This one was written in a way that you couldn't, in fact, do it in the, in the old-fashioned spelling way because there weren't uh, Chuck didn't write, you didn't write the thing about, uh, you know, this is a two shot. Here's the thing. They sit on the edge of the field. They do this. They're always moving. They're always going somewhere. They're doing <clears> stuff, you know, running there. So the, it was natural for me to, to, uh, to, to jump, jump onto it. And so when I read the script, I thought I'd like to do this and work with Chuck again. So thankfully, thank, thankfully you, you came aboard. I do <laughs> want to say that although Aaron I mean, we really took Aaron into the 90s and, you know, in, in a cold, different shooting style. You know, it may not have been what he wanted, but he gave me pretty much and the, the production team a lot of flexibility. 
And I think one of the big things, David, that we got him uh, to shift, and it took a while, but he finally did it. You know, Mr. Spelling, everything was a was a was a um, establishing shot. So you'd right. have to see the house or the school, and then you cut in. And we finally said in in like about this time and after uh, third season, Aaron, they know where they are. They're not going to get lost. You know, right. you got to trust the. I'm telling him to trust the audience. <laughs> right. But uh, but, it, but I, I noticed in in some of the shows that he did after that, uh, I haven't seen too many Charmed, but uh, I did see one or two, and there were no establishing shots. So we did have a uh, you yes. know, an influence there. So. Uh, right, for the, yeah. I was just going to say in the conversation that I remember having with him on the athletics field, one one time when he when he just happened, we just happened to be saying, and he said, "So yes, so this is like uh, the MTV." kind of uh of of uh, of 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 episodic show now this is a different kind of style we must see what what effect it has on the rest of the thing and i do remember us mentioning um uh establishing shots and my telling him that i did i didn't like right. establishing shots <laughs> he came to the field at, at valley junior college yes he drove in with his limo wow I think so. That's how I remember meeting him and talking. Well, then he it. was there. Absolutely. That was. A, and, you know, the MTV thing, he did have a, a bug on that one because in the pilot, they sold him on. We're going to shoot it in an MTV style. And, you know, uh, David and, and Michael, you guys have only seen the 90 minute version of the pilot. The two-hour version of the pilot had all of these uh, montages and MTV stuff. And the first thing I see, he said, what do you think of those? And I said, and, I, and he liked this. I said, they're all going, Aaron. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he was happy to hear that. Because it, the, the way that, that he, he accepted it was, we're going to do it MTV style. You don't know. MTV is where it's at. And and one right. of the things that I, I realized that if we pretty much did a standard conventional television show, then I could do any social issue I wanted. Because that was more important to him. But it, it looked like family or Lou Grant, uh, Oliver right. Shalom to, Lou, to Ed Asner. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, all, all of it. And, and, uh, it, and so that was, we really did have a, an influence on, on him. And, um, and this was one of the episodes, as you say, I mean, he, he came out there because I know that, that, uh, my, our line producer and friend, Paul Wagner was really worried about everything. I've never saw him more worried about an episode than this one. I don't know why. Maybe he was shooting steroids. For the actors, for David and Michael, you know, this is an issue-oriented thing, the steroids thing. I mean, I don't I, – I guess it's still prevalent in schools. I don't know. It was a big deal at that time. Um, David, what did you – what did you think, David Lasher? What did you think of of the script and getting into this? I mean, you obviously done something very heavy on the show beforehand, so you're getting a lot of complex, really interesting things to do. Yeah, yeah, that's exciting as an actor. You know, I mean, I did think, okay, so he's he still might be gay, but now he's using steroids. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna handle a lot of issues with this character, but. Uh, yeah, I mean that. Well, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, a lot of a lot of you know, gay men were who were were hitting the gym were shooting up. I mean, they were 
it, you know, just like disco came out of gay culture, so did steroids. Hmm. In right. some ways, it right. also came out of you know the the big football players because in sure. the NFL in the '60s and '70s, like Lyle Alzado of the Raiders, who actually you know died of was already dead in bread can uh, from brain cancer from steroids when we when we filmed hmm. this. Yeah, and then you had Lance Armstrong and all the HGH stuff. I sure. mean, it became really prevalent. But um, I uh, I was so happy to have serious material on a show that was also that popular because it, that's very rare, you know? Um, well, I, told Pete, I told Pete that this show really got in, in what passed as, as a social media then, which was Prodigy. Uh, they you've run out of they clearly have run out of ideas. Why would they do this? You know, and this and it, this one took got a lot of this was the beginning of the period of time, and, and all of us know this in our in our warped culture that we live in, we build up stars and build up something and you know high achievement, and then the next years are spent tearing it down. Yeah. And this was our the period of time of our transition. Out of the oh boy, we love the summer episodes to the ushering in of the world of I hate Brenda, you know, yeah. which was was had nothing to really some maybe a little bit to do with with Shannon, but it really had to do with our TV show and knocking the fact that we were dealing with social issues and taking a kind of a liberal bent to everything. Mm. Uh, Michael, what about for you um, getting the script and what did you know? Listen, you're work, you're doing crew work and you get something pretty heavy too, no? Michael, I think he may have. Uh, did we lose Michael? I think he may have, you know, been in the loading zone. <laughs> right. used, they used to, you know, you're parked in a loading zone, no parking. It was one of the it was one of the identifying um, uh, parts of, of going to LAX. That they I want to go back to something David Lasher said before about them being on Rolling Stone and all of that. Um, what was that experience like for you as an actor? Is that a very intimidating thing to walk into that these people are super famous? And how did you did I mean I know you're a guest sarcer. So you're there for a limited time. You're not there as often as they are. But did, what was that like to see what was happening to them? It was it was like kind of magical, you know, because I met them all that summer and became friends. I, you know, Jenny and I had mutual friends, so we were hanging out, and uh, and Tori and I became friends, and and so to to watch that happen was. I don't know. It was, it was incredible. And then to see the recognition of how many people were watching the show, uh, it, it just kind of blew my mind, you know, cause you go and you do your work and you're, you know, you're not, you're not aware. I mean, it was a lesson for me moving forward that whatever we do on that little soundstage, you know, it goes out to the entire world. And when you're, when you're doing it, you know, everyone's just a real person you know, showing up, doing their job, and then, uh, then they get glorified like this, and, and people appreciate the work so much that it really was, it, it was a lesson that, you know, what we do uh, in our jobs is is sometimes really magical, you know? 
Absolutely. Um, and, you know, working alongside the, the, the guys, um, you have a lot of great stuff with Jason and Ian in this. Um, what was it like working with Jason uh, on some of this? Jason is, a, is Brandon is, is interesting in this episode because he is the reporter, right? Like there's different facets of Brandon and he's really the reporter in this, in this uh, story. And he's, conflicted and all that stuff so there's some really good character stuff happening with him but so what was jason like at that time to work with as an actor i guess oh he's always been a, a generous person and generous actor um you know i guess his character was sort of the moral compass a lot of the time and uh uh i mean him and luke were just so freaking cool i mean with their sideburns and their hair just you know, it was like working with Elvis, you know, <laughs> right? super cool, but like also very down to earth, you know, they were friends, you know, they were, they were supportive and generous. Um, but at the time they were, uh, you know, as big a star as, as anybody. Yeah. There were no camps. There was not the, the Luke camp and the Jason camp. It was just yeah. the guys. The 90210 show camp. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And they were the leaders. Yeah, no and Ian, too? Ian was really funny. I mean, he was always – I just remember him always cracking people up. And he played such a jerk, you know, and it's so far from who he is. But he played it really well. And I could really relate to that notion. Of, I just want to let her – you know, because, you know, I didn't let her to my junior year. And, you know, everybody else is – the good athletes are walking around in their freshman and sophomore years with the letters. And I didn't get to uh, play baseball uh, enough to get earn a letter until my junior year. So um, I, I really related to him, uh, you know, uh, feeling that. Um, from Michael, are, can you hear us now, Michael? Are you back? Come back. Um, I was asking earlier, what it, you know, you went from uh, the crew to um, this role, but it's a pretty heavy role. You know, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a big topic, the steroid thing. So what did you think of the script? And um, how did you, I'm going to ask you this too, David Lasher, about, you know, plotting around or developing the character. How did you, how did you come up, how did you find Tony Miller in such an early part of this? And what did you think of the script? Uh, well, I love the script. Um, I, I was... You know, I, and we had talked about this, I think, last time I was on the show. I uh, Early on, and not, not to say that later on I didn't, early on I, I loved the stuff we were doing with the show. I thought it was so important. Um, just all these different topics that, that they were they were biting off of, you know, uh, and attempting to give a voice to, not necessarily solve, but, but give a voice to, um, you know, let kids know that they, they weren't alone which I think we realize now is so important. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, we, we I, I think we, you know, everybody probably knew it was important as well, but didn't think it was something that people wanted to listen to or watch on television, uh, at least the people who were producing it at the time. Um, you know, so I, I always, you know, always go out of my way to mention this about, you know, Chuck and his team, how important the television we were doing at the time was. Um, like, like deeply important um and you know i don't know if as an actor when you're approaching something if you think of the importance of it i, I think it's uh, probably good not to 
Um, I think it's a, important to be aware of how it fits into society, how the bigger picture plays. But generally speaking, you want to be true to the characters and you want to be in the moment. You want to play those scenes as they're written. Um, and, and in a show like, like 90210 is, and in, in a lot of television shows, as a guest, when you come in, you have a job. Um, you know, and your job is to, in a lot of ways, trigger uh, in whatever way that trigger is um, to trigger your main cast into uh, an emotional response and to, to form a point of view. And they're the ones who get to discuss <laughs> what what is really going on or 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 have discussions about it. And then the audience gets to, to come to a, you know, to leap to a, uh, a conclusion or a judgment or uh, some sort of resolve. But in the middle of it, as a guest, typically you're in the conflict. You are the conflict. Um, so that stuff is almost easier to play. Um, and the truer you are to it, uh, so far as the circumstances, um, the more you create a jumping point or a springboard for your main cast to react to. So for me, it was just great because every scene was just was freaking conflict. You know, the the scenes were are all um, uh, you know extremes. You know, everyone's extremely happy and joking around, and then it you know goes violent very quickly. Yeah. Um, and to be able to sort of touch on that was just it, it's just exciting as an actor, and to do it that early in my career. Um, was fun because usually up until that point I was really just hitting people, not talking to them and then hitting them. Yeah, well, you know, when you get that line, when you say that line, you're a dead man, Sanders. There's there is just natural menace. You're gonna get yours. It, I mean, it was right out of you know on the waterfront. It wasn't overplayed. It just was was there. And I also speaking of lines, back to David. I love that they. In some way, we, we said, "Oh yeah, you're on, you that you were on the football team, and you were the the short, fast receiver that you know is always on uh, playing flanker and slot, and and uh, that you you guys really were the athletes. You really were the jocks. And um, sitting around, even even a, a third season episode we did, Home and Away, uh, with about the football team, you guys were the recognizable faces of the football team." You know, right. and yeah. uh, in in that game, so it was. And and Michael, thank you for that thing about the the issues. You know, one of the things though, and and I know David uh, Carson probably remembers this quote because it's it, it's around Samuel Goldwyn, uh, when when given a script that was uh, the studio mogul was given a script and uh, that had uh, issue oriented, and he said, if you want to send a message, go call Western Union. And so we didn't try to, to, you know, the messages were embedded yes. in the action rather than, and, and, and sometimes we would do a PSA. If we did one thing that was a message over and over again, it was giving approval that it was okay to go to a therapist. It was okay to talk to somebody about stuff. Yes. That was probably our message. If we, if we had one, that was it. But I also and that, think, and that yes. diversity and tolerance were allowed. I wish yeah. that message would be resonate a little more in 2021, but um, that was also what we were promulgating. I think too, what's great about the messaging in 90210 is it was never heavy handed or force fed to the kids. You know, it was it was through like Michael sort of said, like through the course of the actions in the story, um, you can pick something up, but it was never like. I don't want you to do steroids. It was not. It was not like that. It didn't come across that way, anyway. 
Um, for uh, David Carson, um, I'm curious about directing. Um, you know, David Lasher said that the the actors had become superstars. You know, at, at this point, and what that experience was like directing them uh, during that time period. Um, well, they were actors, and I was a director. Right. <laughs> well, let me put it. Let me put it like this. Uh, then, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I, uh, before I came to this country, I taught for a long time at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. My whole business as a, as a director is more to do with um, uh, the performance, actually, than it is to do with cameras and stuff like that. I, what, I, what I generally feel is that if you get a wonderful team around you and they can all do their jobs much better than you can, for many years, I worked with John Alonso, who's one of the great cinematographers. Then all you need to worry about, basically, is is the acting. And together, we should get a, a great performance out of things. And, and I've also worked with some very, very difficult actors whose names shall be nameless. But, uh, Rob Morrow. <laughs> but you might have... You might have you know, well, well, I didn't quite hear that. What was that one? <laughs> Rob Morrow. Uh, yes. But uh, just, name just came yeah, to uh, Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I can't think why either, Chuck, <laughs> or his uh, or his co-pilot Janine Turner. But 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 yeah, these exactly. the the actors in this in in nine hundred two one zero were eager to work. They wanted to play the the scripts. They wanted to do this. There was no feeling that I had of you know oh we're big TV stars and this is what we do and that's what we do because um, basically the challenge was always to play the character and find those moments and deal with those moments and the relationships that was going on. And I was somebody who was watching that and being very careful about it. So maybe we got on quite well together. I, I have the feeling that we got on very well together. Well, so, my, my, my co-writer in this, Jonathan Roberts, who went on to write The Lion King, had a really nice sense of humor. And so all of that plot line with uh, Brenda and driving, which we went back to, she wasn't a good driver, we established that. Uh, he, he put that all together. That, th those were his lines, his things, and the being a victim of a scam like that. Um, so that was what we did to lighten up such a, a heavy episode like this one, where there's there really is threats of violence and menace, uh, all, all, you know, up and down it. Yes. Um, and then I was going to ask, um, David, to follow up on your point, uh, was there anything that you remember specifically about the episode um, you know, getting a little something different out of a scene or uh, from from the actors. Was there anything like that happening here? No, I don't. There was nothing. There was nothing that had to be worked on that they didn't know about because they lent themselves entirely to the subject that was there. David's David's uh, uh, character, particularly with the two elements of being a, a, um, the guy who uh, told on everybody else and the guy who was discovering his own sexuality at the time. Uh, these, these, the the cast was such a good cast at wanting to do great work, that um, and, and and also being entirely, it seemed as in my memory, but uh, Michael and David can correct me, uh, being entirely unselfish about what they were doing. So it was a group a group thing. And in fact, when I when I went back and uh, looked at, uh, um, uh, at at this particular episode, I was struck by how. Uh, how we got the camera and the actors to work together so well and how those group scenes work incredibly well, which, you know, normally you would pepper them with close-ups and this and that, but we allowed them just to play 
inside the lens and how and you can see how the interaction is really really fabulously creative for every kind of every kind of um a situation so well, whether it was that just end, that sorry uh, dan i just want to say to that end we noticed when we when we did the watch along that we always did walking down the hallway and then the camera and, we, and it was one of the i didn't really like i uh, doing uh, telling the director how to direct on a page but we did, you know, the camera pans and finds the other people walking the other way in the hallway. And we did that a lot. We never did a trifecta. One way, two way, three way. You got it. You got three different scenes and, you know, subplots into one shot. And I loved it. It was, uh, it, was re it really stood out. Uh, I just want you to know that again. Do you remember what he's talking That's about? From Do you yes. Yeah, well, it's just thoughts, you know. I've just not seen it. Now I've seen it. This was the hallway, the hallway scene, which started yes. out one way and went back the other way and got interrupted in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. But but again, I, the the other thing is that it's driven. This kind of drama is driven also by the writing, because I mean, I think Paul did get a little uh, nervous about some of the time we were taking on doing things. And I remember when the when the big beat up scene came at the end. We were right at the end of a day and the steadicam operator was we were quickly panning from one place to the other in order to finish the thing but if you if you had done it in a different way it wouldn't it you would you would have run out of time because the, the script and the actors and everything were moving it was a a very very uh, volatile thing to try to capture and well, and uh, i also so, notice we must have put a lot we you know we went over budget on the category of extras on this one. I don't think I've ever seen more extras between the, and unless we got the Valley Junior College track team to come out and just run in the background, there are a lot of people in, in both on the track team, in the hallways, uh, very unusual, uh, Peach Pit, very unusual for, for us. Well, um, that was great. <laughs> for, for David Lasher, I'm curious um, about developing the character of Kyle as well. You know, I asked Michael about that. And finding him, you know, I mean, I don't know. Is it hard? To, like, you're going to do something that you're going to be on for a while. You can, you can sort of have some time to build things, right? But you're a guest star. What is your process like in finding Kyle? Well, it's so much easier when the writing is is organic and and well done. Um, so you know, like with Kyle, uh, I would think about the pressure to succeed, um, uh, the pressure, you know, the, the, the ideas of, of doing the right thing, you know, things that uh, a teenager has to struggle with, you know, exceed, you know, you want to, you want to exceed, you want to, you know, do well at sports and academically, you want to fit in, but shouldn't you also do the right thing? And those things all together um, make a character that's, you know, three-dimensional and interesting and, uh, and conflicted. Um, you know, and thank, thankfully there are characters like Brandon that help him uh, lead the right way. And there are characters like Michael's character who, um, you know, present obstacles. And uh, I think just the writing was so good that it was, it, it just, came naturally all these different conflicts within within the characters you know what i'm curious about i've heard now michael and david have both talked about the development of characters 
One of the things that uh, it leaves me flat, and, and I don't know how you guys do it, is when you do procedurals, and it's, it's just the facts, man. It's like an old, for, for David Carson and I, it, it, it sounds like old dragnets, you know, just the facts, this and this and this. And the way that the, 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 the CSI and, and, yeah. and, and they, the way they talk to each other. Where do you, if you're a guest star, I mean, I know that like it, when you did um, Southland, Michael, you were the lead. So you had the character. But people coming on a cop show like that must be really, really hard uh, you know, because because the writing doesn't give you any uh, indication what anybody's thinking at the time. Mm. Am I right I, or I, wrong about this? I don't. I I don't know. And David David could probably support me or or not on this. I, I often think that the guests are the w most well written characters, um, because the the audience look the, the when you're a regular on a show, your work becomes in some ways in some ways not always in some ways so easy by year two and three because the audience is with you they don't even have to understand they think if they don't understand it's their fault because they love you already <laughs> the, the the heavy lifting comes from the guests and the heavy thought comes from the writers who are writing the guests typically so i find that it was always you know the most amazing work is going on off camera while David Caruso is staring at you. Um, the guests are going through all the pain, all the conflict, all the danger. And, you know, and our, our leads and our heroes are, are put in, you know, minor forms of jeopardy. Uh, but the, the heavy lifting typically is to the guest. And because of that heavy lifting, I think that the, the heavy writing and the more, you know, a tremendous amount of thought goes into that in most cases. David Lasher, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, shows that I've done for three or four years, it's the guest stars and the directors um, and sometimes the writers that keep breathing the life into it. Whereas, you know, we used to shoot 22 episodes a year. And when you're getting to the end of season five, uh, you, know, you start to look at your, you know, when is, when is my out? When, what's my call time? And I remember, I mean, I, I remember working with David and, uh, and when I was doing Blossom, Henry Winkler came on to direct some, and this was, you know, season five or six. And we were in the mindset that I was just describing and Henry acted as if he was at the British Royal Academy. I, like he was directing Shakespeare. And he would call me at night with a comedic idea. And I, I'll never forget the lesson I learned was the most talented, the most successful people in this business never take it for granted. Mm. If you're going to show up, you show up 100% or don't do it. Um, and, and, and as an actor on a successful show. I, I've seen the complacency and I've seen the directors and the guest stars come in and just breathe that that life into it. Well, that's very interesting. Yeah, I know in the writing world in network television at that time, the one advice I got from a TV executive, I, I kept in every TV movie I did, every pilot I did, and certainly in 90210, it, it, it's reflected when he said, the biggest mistake writers in television make is they write down to their audience. Don't write down to your audience, write up. 
and, and yep. you know, keep, and, and find creative ways to do things. And, you know, it's good advice. Really enjoying this conversation. I do want to mention there's one other thing that happens in this episode. The, the uh, Brenda's um, fender bender and the whole issue with the car, Chuck. Do you want to talk about that? And well, I did a little bit with Jonathan Roberts. Before... Before you get before you guys get into that, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off. I love you guys. Uh, got my dad. All right, and, uh, I'm I'm so glad I got to see, to see the two Davids, uh, and um, hopefully I will see you guys soon. Go ahead, uh, Chuck. On the Brenda. Well, it was the lighter stuff, you know, and and how do you make that, you know, feel, um, you know, like oh, this is funny, and yet you're not doing a punchline. Right. You know, and that and that that was always my kind of comedy that I like to do was character comedy. I know, David, you a lot of the shows that you're involved with your, your, some of your credits, Sabrina, Clueless, Blossom. I mean, you you play, you got that young Putnam, so you played a young guy a lot, and and yet you did also a lot of comedy. So is the things that David Carson and Michael Cudlitz were talking about relative to the dramaturgy. Does that factor into comedic work too? I think I think com comedy and drama are very similar. Um, they all they both have to be grounded in you know in human emotion. I you know I I I could fall off a horse on Hey Dude or you know do something ridiculous on Sabrina. But for my character, it had to be 100% drama. You know, falling off, off a horse isn't funny to the guy that's falling off. Right. So uh, I think they go hand in hand. And, and to be honest, not to put down dramatic actors, but um, I think a fine comedic actor could step into a dramatic role with no problem. Um, and I don't know, vice versa, might might take a little more work in getting used to. Hello, Jim Carrey. Hello. Uh, How know, about for David Carson in terms of directing it, the Brenda scenes versus the heavy stuff in the episode? Well, I think the point that David makes is very good. I mean, I would just take, I would write on the back of that and say that uh, the secret to the Brenda scenes, it seems to me, is, of course, the way that they're written, but also that although they are in a contrastingly somewhat lighter than the real stuff, the heaviest duty stuff that's happening in the gyms and with the athletes, it's still a serious problem. She has a really serious problem. And the great thing about this comedic part of the script is that, Chuck, you, you, you treat it like a real serious problem. It's not sort of some silly, silly thing to Brenda. This is really serious. And then to her dad, so that when, so that, so that in the end, the only way you can actually make a sort of a, a button on it or a, a the, the punchline is to do something. What I tried to do, which I remembered that there is the, is to put Brenda's face into the diamond of the window at the end as she's watching the, the, the naughty girl do her uh, do her aerobics, which isn't a laugh line, but it's sort of like a, a, almost too good to be true to get that kind of shot, if you know what I mean. So so it had a, vis a visual tinkle on the end of it. 
but but I think it was light. It was really really well contrasted with the rest of the movie. If you suddenly had a you know really strange Charlie Chaplin moment in there, it wouldn't have worked, I don't think, or a few pratfalls and stuff like that. But even mentioning Charlie Chaplin, that's the way everything he does is based on reality. That's yes. absolutely real, and that's what you did in this script, Chuck. And this is my view, anyway. Really good stuff. I think we've covered this this episode um, really great. Um, for David Lasher, I know Charles and I really want to cover Summer Storm with you and developing Kyle and those initial stop stuff. So please come back to do that with us at some point. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I've got some anecdotes to tell you, David, about how uh, the, the fights, the, this one was a fight. This one, you know, some, some episodes weren't a fight. This one was a fight. You know? I remember, Charles, you you won some award that you were proud of. But I remember you sending me a notice that that episode won an award. Do you remember that? I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't know. And I usually, and Pete's always like, how do you know that? How do you remember? I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, how I don't even... I don't, don't remember. Um, to tell well, you come back. We'll cover Summer Storm. Come back. Everybody think on that. <laughs> Charles is now going to remember all the awards, right? <laughs> I'll look for it. All right. So we're going to say goodbye to David Lasher. Thank right. you, man, Thank you, for coming David. on. Please come back and join us, man. We, we, it was a lot of fun. I would love to. So great to see you guys.